I am drinking the drink. I don't drink a lot, so I'm going to drink a lot of the drink. Okay. <laughs> Kelly's making our drinks now. The glitter is pretty. I don't think it adds much texture. Or flavor. I think the glitter is weird. I was like, maybe do it without the glitter. <laughs> but I've never had a drink with glitter, so that'll be a first. I like your background. Thank you. Hollywood. I have many to share with you along the way. It does say Hollywood. Hollywood. There's three O's. That, that's, oh, oh, it's oh. backwards. I yeah. see. God damn. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just on my patio. This is what's. <laughs> and so it is six o'clock where you are, right? That's right. Oh, and all's well. Right. Don't trip over my shit. We're still trying to get. We're trying. Get our crap together. Yeah. Take your time. I'm just here. I'm just so happy to be with people. People. That's right. Y'all are still locked down pretty hard up there, aren't you? Kind of, kind of easing up. I got my first shot, so I need my second one. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. So you guys are, I like this. I, I, I read your bios and things, and I... I, I love the idea that you have really good intentions in doing research and you don't get around to it. That's me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we go in gung-ho as hell, right? And then we I'm end up with nothing. I'm going to make it up. Just make it up. Kelly, you're sitting behind us. Right here next to Hi. Hello. <laughs> you got all the goods, huh? We didn't change it. Just last time I said, I hear you talk about it. Oh, shut up. Oh, my crap. All Here, could you have me my notebook? I octane. So it's right yeah. yeah. Hold on. First, take your phone. Okay. Are you going to use glitter? Do what? You're going to put glitter in it? Yeah. Here's our little $15 for this goddamn That's glitter. That's exactly what I got. Exactly. <laughs> the brew glitter. <laughs> Did you order it or do y'all sell it somewhere? I she ordered, had to order it. It. I ordered Amazon. it. Amazon. <laughs> the cheaper one they were all out of. Is that the one you went for first? Do what else? The cheaper one where they were all out of. Yeah, it wasn't well. <laughs> I said it wasn't gonna get here on time, so I was just That's like, good. "Screw it! I'm just gonna buy whatever I can get." <laughs> I bet you could get it at like Party City or yeah, um, one well, of those fucking places. I even went and I Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I looked at angles Lobby. because I thought maybe like in the cake decorating and shit like that. Right. But no. Ryan, you gonna drink one of these? No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How many have you had already? Uh, this is like number two. Oh, I'm we've good for had like so many shots. <laughs> Fire water hasn't been in my culture that long, so. <laughs> gotcha. We Polynesians, we have kava, I think. That's it. <laughs> Would you like some glitter? Yeah, give me some glitter. Double okay. Westerners in your alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't. There's no question. Everybody gets glitter. Yes. <laughs> We're doing a whole thing. I put it in my shaker, so I mean, I'm I'm committed. It smells good. Yeah, it does smell good. 
You're not supposed to smell it first. I know that. <laughs> Y'all ready? Let's let's do one together. Cheers! Oh, cheers! Oh, hang on. Cheers! Cheers! <laughs> oh, you got a fancy? Is that an umbrella? It's an apple. <laughs> it's an apple. Oh man, that is good. Is That's it? See, right. the vodka kills our liver, but the glitter makes a little pearl. So that when, <laughs> when they yeah. extract it, we've left behind a, a gem. That is pretty damn good. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I got to try these the other day because I I make TikTok videos that go with making the drink. I watched. I watched. <laughs> Sit on the floor. Sit on the floor. Yeah. Oh. Well. Because Ryan moved all the stuff over here and then Kayla took a spot. Oh, oh guys, where are you all? We are in Greenville, South Carolina. Greenville, South Carolina. Yes. I have not been to South Carolina since three years ago. And I'm in Hollywood, <laughs> California, or Florida? California. <laughs> Hollywood, Florida is a terrible place. <laughs> This place has sure, a moment. I'm pretty sure you did Dewey Law, and I've never even heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was made up to me. All right, everybody all sit? Ryan, you, you sit down. Okay. All right, we're about to, we're going to do our whole intro thing. Okay. I'm, you ready? I'm yes. For it. Yep. Okay. Yes. All right, uh, <laughs> welcome to Drunk Theory. I'm Kara. I'm Matthew. I'm Kelly. I'm Ryan. And today we are talking about haunted objects, and we have a very special guest, Joe Mo. But first, I have a haunted object. <laughs> Kelly, what are we drinking? We are drinking the Spirit Summoner, which is a shot of vodka with three ounces of apple martini mix and just a sprinkle of edible green glitter. <laughs> edible glitter, y'all. <laughs> you got the edible kind? Oh yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's actually very good. It is so yummy. I feel like it's going to give me a hangover, though. Very good. Probably. Yeah, it is. But it's worth it. We're in now. We're is in. it worth it? We'll find out. I'll let you know tomorrow. Always worth it. My green screen allows me to project whatever I want on my dream. Sweet. <laughs> fancy, fancy, fancy. Um, so, like I said, we are joined today by Joe Mo. Joe, go ahead and tell everybody about yourself. Tell them where they can find you, what, whatever you want to talk about. All right. I'm Joe yeah. Mo, and I am, like these folks, I am steeped in horror from a very early age. I, I, I fell in love with horror, and I had the good fortune of meeting and befriending and taking care of one of the, mans who create, one of the men who created fandom, Forrest J. Ackerman, who created Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine with... Uh, I'll show you it with James Warren, his publisher. So Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine for all of us kids back in the 60s, living in rural places. I was on an island. I'm from Hawaii. That was like our connection to to movies and to horror movies and and, you know, little little kids like uh, Elvira, you know, Cassandra Peterson and and Steven Spielberg and, and Stephen King. All of these kids who dreamt about being part of this would read this magazine that this old man, Forey Ackerman, created. And we would just dream along with him and he'd sort of be our sensei. He'd come back and say, well, I talked to Walt Disney today and he told me he, told me he brought Bela Lugosi in to uh, do some film work for the Chernoborg in Fantasia. And he'd just answer all the questions we wanted. So flash forward, 
I lived with him in, in Horrorwood, California, where, uh, you know, where, where all of that movie magic happened in his collection of 800,000 objects and items from oh all gosh. over the world and from all of the people that he inspired to make movies. And I sort of was the curator of his collection and his, uh, took care of him as he got older. We took care of each other. And so I kind of inherited a passion for monsters, for movie making, for the horror community, who are the most creative, phenomenal fans I've ever met anywhere. And, uh, you know, for now that I'm ancient, for sort of inspiring and mentoring kids to, A, find their voice through writing and through other creative endeavors, and then to share it, which is even more important. So that's sort of who I am. And we love you. <laughs> and I love you too. You can't work for life. I wouldn't drink a gallon of bile for anybody but you guys. Right? <laughs> um, so I have a question. This magazine that you were talking about, is that still in print today? Famous Monsters, just uh, the, the latest publisher just went into retirement. Um, but it is, if you think about it, this is another feather in our cap, collective cap. Famous Monsters, even though it's genre-specific, it's a monster magazine, it was published in 1958 and continued on till just last year. So that makes it the longest continuously published entertainment magazine in the world. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if I've ever, yeah. um, I don't think I've ever seen one of that. Like, I was big on Fangoria. Fangoria was inspired by Famous Monsters. Yeah. That's what came next. And easily had... Fangoria, Rue Morgue, and Famous Monsters. It was the only place that I've ever oh, seen shit. all three of them in one spot. That's neat. But yeah. so they're out of business now. Yeah, I mean, well, they're 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 hibernating. It never goes away for long because if yeah. you think about it, fans like Guillermo del Toro and you know Kirk Hammett, all these people who love it, want to bring it forward all the time. So it doesn't usually go to sleep for too long. It's had little little dozes, but it'll be back. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm hoping the same thing for Fangoria because, you know, they had stopped for a while and now they're back to subscription. I think they will send it to you, but you can't buy them. Used to, I would go to Barnes and Noble right. just for yeah. that. Right. But now, I mean, you can't buy it anywhere. You got to do the subscription. Mm -hmm. Hopefully everybody will come back. But. Yep. The internet, the, you know, the web, the internet, digital media has kind of killed print. But I love it. I like to be able to look I like, it. I like to be able to sit it up, like sit it under my bed for later. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do everything on my fucking phone. Some yep. shit I want to look at. Yep. Cut it out and tape it on my wall like I'm 17. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Make me a little collage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we gotta hire we gotta hire cranky mothers to come in and scold us for it. This is gonna rock your mind. <laughs> no. Our parents actually were not like that. They loved horror just like we did. They, did so they were, I mean. They were like, watch whatever the hell you want to watch. I don't give a shit. Yeah, like we were little <laughs> when Elm Street came out. We were like four. I remember going to the drive-in to see Cujo. Cujo. And I would have been like three. Yeah, but I remember yeah. being there. I don't remember paying a whole lot of attention, but I remember me and you sleeping in the back of the red Chevette because it laid all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, our parents just watched what they wanted to watch and if we happened to be there that was okay too. they were like whatever you yeah. want to watch this i remember i watched the blood sucking freaks and i haven't seen it and since i don't think oh i've seen it it's since. time to um, revisit <laughs> but i remember and i mean i would have been little all i remember is the part where the guy had all the naked bitches as furniture but I mean, this is four-year-old me, and I remember like a naked bitch with his coffee table. People are gonna think we were like <laughs> we were not amused. My parents are amazing. When, when we're kids, when we're kids, those memories. I mean, 
it scares the crap out of us for a week, but we never forget it. Yeah. I, had friend, I had a friend in the 60s who went to a drive-in movie theater to see something like Mary Poppins or something. And like right before the movie came on, they accidentally cut in a trailer for Herschel Gordon Lewis's like something, Meat Grinder Babes or whatever. <laughs> and, and they couldn't do anything about it. So the guy came on and said, children, please cover your eyes for the next two minutes. And nobody fucking did. Everybody was women being put through meat grinders and blood everywhere. Never left him. He's, he's screwed up till this day. This does not have anything to do with the podcast we're about to do, but maybe you will remember. I have a specific fucking memory from when we were little. There used to, they used to, I guess it was a specific channel or whatever that would play fucking horror movies, probably the, the terrible B movies or whatever. But right before something that your kids don't need to see would happen, like if there was a boob shot, it would be like a completely bright ass green screen and then a hand <laughs> hitting a gong or something. And that means, wait a minute, there's about to be boobs. Get your fucking kid out of here. Um, or it would be a red screen. Do you not remember this? I even that's asked this a, question on Reddit and nobody a, that's knows. A, that's going to be a William Castle picture. He was the king of hype. He was the one that said, the, the tingler, if, if, the, if, you, if you feel your seat vibrate, scream. That's the only way to get rid of the tingler. And he put like vibrators underneath the seats in the theater. Yeah. And you just have to scream. He, he was the king of the gimmick. He's the one that was like, there'll be a nurse in the lobby if you, you know, to, 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 to take care of you if you can't handle so, it. You think that what I'm remembering was part of a specific movie or was it, it a was. channel version? I thought it was just the channel and that's how they did. But it this is my been, six-year-old brain. But been, I specifically remember like the hand hitting the gong and it was like, get your- It could have been where he did it for one whole movie just as like a, a gimmick for just that It might movie. be, but I even asked on like Reddit and nobody knows what they're talking about, but I'm not insane. When they first did Psycho, they required you couldn't leave or uh, exit before the movie started or ended. And he bought up, uh, Alfred Hitchcock bought up every copy of the book so you couldn't read beforehand to fuck up his ending. Mm -hmm. Like people used to do that to hype up a movie really big because so you couldn't, you couldn't hype it up on TV if only 20% of America had TV. Yeah. I specifically so remember that though, and nobody can tell me where the fuck I remember. I, I think I'm gonna look it up. I have a vague memory. I don't remember the gong. You remember the gong? I don't remember the gong, but I remember the red and green lights. Oh, see, and we no, because and it, it, you could only. I've tried. I've googled yeah, that, every that, combination. That okay, yeah. write it down. William Castle got, got it. Because <laughs> somebody, I mean, I'm not insane, but people are trying to make me feel like I'm insane well, now. They're like, that never happened, and I'm like, the fuck it didn't. <laughs> like, I know that it fucking did. <laughs> and like, well, what movie was it? I don't remember. All I remember is the gong. <laughs> And then there were some boobs. <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, there's boobs. And you know, Boobie. it's like, it, it's telling the parents. It's like, hey, <laughs> get your kids out of here. It's about beating badge or whatever. <laughs> yes, oh you love William Castle. You have to watch all of William Castle's stuff. It's pretty great. And we absolutely will, because if I see that, I feel like I might start crying. Because yes. I have been looking for this love. dong shit for years. <laughs> and everybody's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Right. And I feel like it would have been around the same time as Gilbert Godfrey and that fucking bitch did that goddamn thing. The um up all night with <laughs> 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 So maybe it was a movie that they did on Up All Night. Maybe. That, uh, 
I think the thing is, is that we saw things that nobody else in our age group should have, probably. So nobody that we, we can't talk to our friends not, about this because they're like, "That's child abuse." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, man. We were eating pudding. We were good. <laughs> when I was a kid, they didn't have a rating systems, so I would go see like the Wild Hunt, <laughs> Cat of Nine Tails. You know, my dad could yeah. love movies, so PG-13 covered basically uh, a good bit of. Uh, violence and boobs all the way up until the mid 80s isn't it or um later. like he, porkies and shit like that or an earlier oh, like, like, and, and you can say fuck one time there's yeah your rating right. depends on how many times you say fuck. Yep. you get one fuck for an already <laughs> one fuck and i think it was what, like i think it was like two or three thrusts before you got a yeah. <laughs> like, fake thrust there was a limit there was, it's ridiculous it's oh my crazy. god which for some people that's plenty. British guy sent in like twelve hours of paint drying just to make him watch it because they annoyed him. Oh, I remember. I read about that. I read about that. How annoying the fucking like ratings board is. It's so ridiculous. Well, I remember. Um, and the last thing I'm gonna do off track before we get into our real topic, but um, my favorite documentary ever. It's called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. Have you watched that? Yeah. I long. Yeah. I fucking loved that. That was. Because I had no idea that's how any of that shit fucking worked. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? No. It's about the MPAA. and How they rate movies. They're all holy shit. Nobody knows who are. any of the people are. Yeah. They're nope. just Everything like a, is a secret Illuminati society. Yes. Say, it's fucking wild. cuts of the same shit and changed nothing two or three times. And they lowered the rating because they thought they had. Yeah. That's how dumb it is. And then they found all the shit in the trash can. What was it? The movie that had so many fucks in it. Oh, I know. <laughs> they I just threw it away. And there was like, <laughs> <or> threw <laughs> away all the fucks. And there was like a hundred. 37 bucks in there. They just threw the whole thing. They were like, no, we're not doing this. There's like 137 bucks in here. It's crazy. Nobody knows who they are at all. Absolutely, probably my favorite documentary in the world. I can't believe you've never seen it. No, I've never seen it, but I'm going to look for it. Matt, remember this. All right, so I guess we're going to get into our topic. And as you know, I guess Kelly told you we're doing haunted objects. Haunted and cursed objects. And so I see you posting pictures a lot. You work at some sort of museum type thing. My day job is I write the catalog for Profiles in History, which is the premier Hollywood memorabilia auction house. So all the movie props and art and costumes and everything come through our shop, and I get to handle them, put them on if I have. But to. it's it's all movie stuff, so it's not like all movie stuff. Like I couldn't bring you something and go, "Hey, this is cursed." Like you don't get <laughs> it. It's all movie well, you stuff. Could. You could, and I'd be happy. (laughs) Maybe we'll make a back alley side deal. (laughs) Unless you wanted to sell it, you know. (laughs) So have you seen anything come through from any of the supposedly cursed films or seen any any object that came through and everybody's like, I don't want to mess with that. Something like maybe from Poltergeist or The Exorcist. The Exorcist, (laughs) lots of Exorcists, lots of Poltergeist, but the kind of stuff I get um, poltergeist, like we we had a couple of the clown dolls, you know, because they made a, a bunch of them in different expressions, from yeah. you know from benign to horrifying. We've sold one of each, I think. We just sold one in the last sale. Exorcist, more more like esoteric stuff you'd like, like um, like uh, William Peter Blatty's actual manuscript that with all his notes when he wrote the script stuff. Like oh, that. that's neat. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then, like, like, lots of cool stuff, like the the cuckoo clock from the Munsters, and 
and Dorothy's uh, ruby slippers from Wizard do of Oz. Do y'all do a Black Friday sale? What's <laughs> that? Because I'm for a Black Friday sale. Where she's Black, like, I'm for too. Sale means it goes do up. what? It goes up. Prices go up. Yeah, I, I get to I get to pretend it's mine for three months, and then people that can afford it buy it. So I can't afford it either. <laughs> 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 I've got the best collection in the world for about three months, and then then nothing. <laughs> Well, that sounds like the best job ever. All right, so I'm hearing, though, that you're a skeptic, so you don't really believe. I am a, well, I am, a, I want to believe. That's the kind of skeptic I am. I want to believe, and I've had some pretty hairy experiences, but just not quite to the point where I could, I could attribute them to, you know, like I've, I've seen what people would consider ghosts, and I've seen physical manifestations of things, but it's the kind of stuff where you're going, well, I don't know where all that blood came from because someone would be dead if it was from a person or an animal, but I don't know, you know, so it's, it's uh, strange. So we're going to try to change your mind. <laughs> we, we absolutely will not because we're not very good at research, as you know. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a skeptic also, but, but I always do, I always do research on the topic. I didn't do any research. Except for, Matt never does any research. <laughs> so for haunted objects, who wants to go first? You go first. Oh, I get to go first. Yay! <laughs> I have one here, by the way. Potentially. Oh, what do you, do you want to go ahead? Go ahead. I just wanted, I wanted to tease that. I actually have. Oh. Teaser for the end, you guys. I got to stay the whole way through and get me yeah. on YouTube writing. <laughs> okay, um, for haunted objects, I had originally I wanted to do the, to do the Annabelle doll. Yeah, that shit is boring as fuck. So no, that's no, that's People boring. Kind as of fuck. familiar with it, but it's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> not as cool as this. <laughs> <laughs> I decided on Thomas Busby's stoop chair. Do you know this one? I know. I, I do know not. Joe Mo does. I know Thomas. I know the stoop chair, yes. Oh, the stoop chair is my favorite. Um, but it. Ryan left. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> All right. Um, Thomas Busby's stoop chair, also known as the dead man's chair. Apparently, Thomas Busby was hung in 1702 for murdering his father-in-law. Now, I'm assuming this is one of those that happened so long ago, we don't really have a whole bunch of records. So there's different stories about what happened. He did get in a, well, he was a coin counterfeiter. So, I mean, he's obviously just a straight up shit guy to begin with. Like, he's already <laughs> a criminal. Um, him and his father-in-law got into an argument and there's, different stories about what they're arguing about, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But um, supposedly it was during a business dispute and <clears throat> he was drunk because he was always drunk. Because why not? I mean, you're a coin counter. <laughs> I mean, this is always counterfeiting coins. I'd just be drunk all the time because I've been, been doing this podcast full time. <laughs> but um, some say he strangled him for sitting in his favorite chair. So I don't know if there was a witness to like where he was uh, he was already pissed because there was a fight and he was like and you sat in my favorite fucking chair <laughs> in my mind that's how i'm picturing it so he was super pissed about whatever and also pissed that the guy sat in his favorite chair this chair is located at his favorite bar oh i'll be pissed um <laughs> i've also heard different stories about how he did the murder i heard strangling was one. I also heard 
bludgeoned. So he either strangled his father-in-law to death or he bludgeoned him to death, which is two very different things. So I don't understand how we don't know. You think you might use a combination of the two? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he strangled him I mean, and then just beat the shit out of his dead what face. Is it? Are there restrictions? <laughs> are restrictions? <laughs> I'm cooking so I can with this candlestick. But. There are also two variations, and probably even more than two, but just from the research that I did. Um, some people say that, you know, uh, you get like your last request or whatever, right? Well, y'all remember this is in, uh, I don't know if I said it. Y'all, I'm so drunk already. It's in the 1700s. It's in the 1700s, but it's also in the UK. It's in New Yorkshire, UK. Um, so his last request, he wanted one last drink at the pub in his favorite chair. And so, you know, the cops took him. Is that a thing? Like, not now. <laughs> not now. Well, you know, you ask you what you want for your last meal. Can I say I want chicken wings at the pub? And they have to take me to the pub to eat my chicken wings? <laughs> it was in England. They're very, very genteel there. <laughs> but we have a lot of, like, UK followers. We do. So maybe somebody can tell me how the hell this works. They, they like the accents. For, and we like their accents. Your accent is <laughs> very exotic. So the me. two variations of this are, um, one is he was already convicted and on his way to be hung. And his last request was one last drink at this bar. So they take him to this bar. He sits in his chair. He drinks his drink. And as he's getting ready to leave, he goes, anybody who ever sits in this chair is going to die. The other variation is that he was at the bar drinking when they showed up to arrest him for the murder. And again, he's like, anybody who's in the show is going to fucking die. <laughs> so we, we really don't know. But um, I learned a new word. Oh, it says my internet connection is unstable. Can you see me? Uh-oh. Can you see me? I can see you and I can hear you and I'm waiting for the word. What's, what's the word you learned? Oh, oh. <laughs> gibbeted. Do you, <laughs> do you know the word gibbeted? G-I-B-B-E-T. ED. Apparently, that means that's when they hang somebody from the gallows for all of the town to laugh at. They call it gibbeted. So he was gibbeted at Sand Hutton Crossroads beside a hotel that later changed their name to the Busby Stoop Inn just to cash in on him getting hung right there. Oh but when they hung people, they it to the flippantly gibbeted. When they hung people just to like show people what's what, like, hey, this is what happens when you do what this guy did, that's called being gibbeted. So he oh, got wow. gibbeted. Um, gibbeted. Gibbeted, right? I've never heard I've that. never heard <laughs> it. And it might just be a, a UK thing. Like, you know, they say in first person shooter games when you're blown up, you oh, turn into Gibbs. Oh, like Call gibbeted. of Duty? <laughs> like, if you someone and they're blowing a bunch of pieces, that's Gibbs. Um, but okay, so he was gibbeted at the Sand Hutton Crossroads beside an inn that later changed his name to the, the Busby Stoop Inn. Um, supposedly, right after that, people started dying just weird ass deaths if they sat in this chair, right? So it took probably years, right? And finally, the owner of the bar, because remember, this chair is at the bar, he was like, I'm gonna put it in the basement because it's kind of weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> they put the fucking chair in the basement. Um, then somehow during the Second World War, Kelly, you're the nerd. What year is that? Uh, was that 
I was just a kid. 30s? 34. 30s, so like 1930s. 38 to 44. For whatever reason, there was a base. There was a base there or close to there. So this was the bar that the airmen would go to. Um, They would go down to the basement. I don't know if they got permission or if they just did it or whatever. But remember, the chair's in the basement. So they would go down. Supposedly, and I could not find any actual records, but supposedly every airman that sat in that chair never made it home. They died in, you know, air combat or whatever the hell they did. 1970s, there were some fatal accidents linked with the chair. Um, I know there was a maid that supposedly was cleaning downstairs or whatever. She just bumped into it. She died from a brain tumor. Like, and I mean, it's just at one after the other. Yeah. Like every fucking one. So finally, in 1978, the owner, which this would be a different, you know, I guess this is a family establishment or whatever. So, or, my, you know, whatever. The owner of the bar at that time was like, fuck this shit. <clears throat> I'm giving it to this museum. And it went to the Thirsk, T-H-I-R-S-K Museum. They hung it five feet off the ground. <laughs> So nobody could fucking sit in it because they were like, I don't know, it's fucking weird. You know? <laughs> but they, for whatever reason, eventually had a furniture historian, which is apparently a job that I didn't know was a job. I did not know that was a job either. Yeah. He came in and he says that the chair that they have hanging in the Thirsk Museum came from around 1840, which is 138 years after that fucking guy died. And that chair is still in that museum as his, even though these people have said. Yeah. But there are so many stories, but again, I could not find anything concrete. You can't find any names, but I fucking love it. <laughs> like, if I, I went to do what? There's pictures of it hanging in the museum. Yeah, and I think I posted that one on our Twitter, one of the pictures of it. But um, if they decided to bring it down one day, would you fucking sit in it? Yeah, why not? You would sit, would you sit in it? Mm -mm. And he's not even a believer. I wouldn't sit in it either. Fuck y'all, I'm not sitting in that chair. That's not how I want to believe. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to discover my belief after planting my ass in the death chair. I don't <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I love that story. I think it's so awesome, but I hate it. And I get, you know, a lot of it is with it being so old. You cannot find any concrete, like there's no newspapers about, you know, so-and-so, but, um, some of the deaths that happened in the 70s were supposedly just tourists that stopped in before he had sent it to the museum. And then there were at least three different sets that I found where it was tourists that stopped and sat in the chair. All of them died in car wrecks, never made it home from their vacation. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm super into, uh, well, that's a fucking coincidence, but how many fucking coincidences does it take for it to be like some weird shit? <laughs> like, eventually it stops being a coincidence, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that guy was Thanks. super possessive of that chair. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, shit. I feel shit that forget me. <laughs> I forgot my husband. <laughs> but that's my all I've got for the stoop. That's, that's all I've got one. for the stoop chair. That's a really good one. I love that one. That is a good one. And, and I, I had heard seen the picture and I had read it before, but when we picked and I was just like, oh, I'm going to do Annabelle. I wasn't thinking about it. And then I was like, I feel like everybody does Annabelle. Look. And, yeah, Annabelle is not interesting to me. <laughs> maybe it's just yeah, been done really creepy because, because like some things are like mythological, you know, objects and people are like, don't go near the monkey's paw. Don't yeah. touch yeah. the chair. It's like, oh, I'm going to sit here and eat, you know, I'm going to have a 
drink. I'm going to eat some popcorn. I'm going to eat this filthy bowl of nuts. And you sit in it, right? And then you're dead. And well, one of the stories that I did read was um, it was before they had put it in the basement, so it was still there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't remember if it was an airman or if it was a regular guy, but all the tables were dirty. So he sat down in that chair, and the waitress or whoever came over was like, oh, get the book up, get the book up. I'm going to clean off this table and clean off the table real quick. And he's one of the ones that died in a car wreck. So she knew, and they left the chair out there. They had like, well, I guess maybe she was, I guess like if I owned a store and I was like, that's haunted, but you're a skeptic and you're like, yeah, if the owner's like skeptical, but you wouldn't move it to the basement just because that one weirdo that works for you thinks it's haunted. (laughs) You know what I mean? So what do you do? Do you think that they like guided certain people to the chair? Like assholes? They just like, here, come have a seat. Oh man, I totally would because I'm a terrible person. Yeah, like the assholes in the bar that are always farting shit. Yeah, like if some asshole grabbed uh-huh. my ass while I was bringing him his coffee. Right, uh, grabbing the like, Why don't you come have a seat over yeah. here? <laughs> come sit at the bar. We'll take real good care of me. Yeah, there's this next the next beer's on me. Next beer's on me. <laughs> sit right there, and I'll bring it to you. Yep. Hold on, we're Paul. There we go. Oh, we got it. Yeah, we're getting the <laughs> <laughs> connection. We need to start hooking up to fucking uh, Ethernet. Yeah. Well, we don't play very well. Yeah. Uh, so who wants to go next for haunted objects? I'll go. Okay. Or whenever you know, you said you had one. When it, you just jump right in. You want to go first, or you want me to go first? Well, I have I have one I brought from that. I'll do a really quick thing. I'll just show you this thing because I, I thought of okay. you guys and I'll tell you why I thought of it. <laughs> it's a begging bowl from a Tibetan monk and it's made from a monkey skull. And you know, begging monks carry begging bowls around in the morning for alms, you know, for money and also for their food. When I was in Thailand, I heard this story about how the monks were so unassuming, the lepers would march in the morning and people would rice in their bowls and one monk was walking along and they put rice in his bowl and his nose fell into it oh wow <laughs> so i thought that was gross but anyway the reason i picked this for you guys is because in this particular begging bowl the curse to this bowl is that you had to feed it wine or it would be evil and malevolent i thought that was appropriate for us it is very appropriate. You know us too well. <laughs> we could keep those spirits at bay forever. <laughs> so that's my, my short one, and then I'll tell you the other one after you tell your spooky one. Uh, after right. I do mine? All right, so mine is more of a cursed object than a haunted object. I chose the Chinese terracotta army. And this starts with Emperor Qinshi Wang. And uh, Qinshi Wang was the first emperor of China in 221 BC. And he became the first emperor after he conquered all the other warring states and unified the entirety of China. And he actually gave himself that title. So that's why he was, <laughs> that's why he was the first emperor. Is hey, like, like I'm an emperor now. Fuck yeah. yeah. He's like, like I done conquered all I this would make shit. him sit in that chair. <laughs> He's like, I, I done conquered all this shit, emperor. Because every uh all the rulers before then had been king. So yes, he was he was the first emperor. Uh 
put down some notable uh, achievements of his just because I think it was kind of neat. Um, so <clears throat> as he unified all of China, he standardized weights and measurements. He established a national currency. Um, he constructed a massive new national road system. And uh, he also built the various existing state walls into a giant great wall. So I uh, find that a bunch of pretty cool <laughs> shit, okay. yes. yeah, He can be emperor. He can be emperor. <laughs> yeah. So he did some stuff. He earned it. But what we're talking about is his mausoleum. And it was um his mausoleum was discovered to house the famous terracotta army and it was constructed over 38 years and this was from the years 246 bc to 208 bc and it consisted of a tomb with an extensive surrounding necropolis so is there's his tomb and then there's all these statues and all these other things around it which is essentially the size of a whole city his mausoleum. How big are the, are the army soldiers? I think they're like five feet. Yeah, they're like a little bit less than people tall. Yeah. Or much bigger around, I think. Maybe about people tall then. They were, they oh, okay. were meant to look like people. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so in addition to more than 8,000 soldiers, which have been found um, so far, there are also hundreds of other figures that they found in this necropolis. They have horses and chariots and musicians and acrobats and concubines and all of <laughs> all of this and season two RuPaul's Drag Race. The <laughs> <laughs> from all of this was to ensure that Kinshi Wong um, would have not only protection but also have kind of the grand treatment in his afterlife. That oh, they had, gave him concubines? They're like, hey, yes, <laughs> you earned it. <laughs> and, and some people say that it was actually like a benevolent gesture to make them out of terracotta because a lot before then would have sacrificed humans. Like I'm sacrificing a human concubine to make sure I get a human, just to make sure I get a concubine in Maybe the Maybe I don't know what a concubine sure is. It's a hooker. But I thought it was a dead hooker. No, a concubine is like no. It's just a hooker. What's a dead hooker? Just a dead hooker. No, what's the ghost hooker? No, there's a like a neck. Oh, you're talking about uh uh. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The one that kills a chef from South Park. Um, they have a name. They're demons. So concubine is a regular hooker. Demons that kill you through sex. No, there's a there's a ghost that fucks you. There's a succubus. Thank you. And incubus is one, right? Incubus are boys. Succubus are girls. Okay, I was confused. That's what I thought. So when you told me that they killed some real ones, I'm like, oh, I love this so much. There is a ghost that fucks you. That's true. Apparently, you got to be gender. Specific, <laughs> but a concubine is just a regular hooker. I see concubines every day on my no, way to work. That's a wild. I thought concubine. A, a hooker has a choice. A concubine is forced. It's like the is king's it a sl wo woman. I don't like sex trafficking. The king can pick a hundred women, have to decide and just do whoever he wanted, whenever he wants. Okay, I mean, that's the way it worked back then. Yeah. Well, 
that's depressing. Yeah, and this whole story is actually depressing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she texted me and told me that it was super yeah. sad. She's pretty like, I'm not going to know how Everything from a thousand years ago is depressing. Yeah. Right. right. I mean. So, <laughs> it is estimated that over 700,000 workers were involved in the construction of the mausoleum. Um, mass Damn. graves within the mausoleum are thought to contain the bodies of crafts, craftsmen and laborers who died during the construction. They didn't even think you gotta, yeah, wow. I mean, you got to imagine this is over 38 years. Well, I would want to get buried on the inside with the fucking hookers, right? That's true. At least you'd be inside in case you have a chance. Yeah. It would have been rude for them to take them yeah, out. That's true. That's true. I, I get it now. If you're inside, technically, you would yeah. be considered royal, my guess, right? All those craftspeople, all those specialists, what do they do? They cough, do they say, bring in the apprentice, you know, so <laughs> teach him quickly. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe at the end, it's so serious because it was the leftover bad people. <laughs> That's something I've never would have thought about. Who's left to do the end of it? We've been dying for 200 years. All the best guys are dead. How's your handwriting? Come here. I've got a job for you. Shadow this guy. <laughs> So the terracotta warriors were discovered on March 29th, 1974, after a group of poor farmers were instructed to dig a well in Cyan, China. And it was during a terrible drought. They're like, we ain't got no motherfucking water. Y'all need to dig a motherfucking hole. Dig a hole. That's where the water is. Yeah. Everybody knows that. So these, these dudes had to dig the fucking hole. I love that. Imagine these guys. You found the terracotta, you found the terracotta army. As they're digging this well, they find one of the terracotta soldiers, and it looks like it's a group of about seven of them that are in this one spot digging that find the first terracotta soldier. And so at that point, everybody gets all excited and everything, and the kind of discovery it brings all this wealth and tourism and you know all this coolness to china but it absolutely devastated the people that found it and that's why it's kind of called the curse of the terracotta warriors because all the land around that including the land that was owned by the farmers that were digging this hole was just taken at that point by the government. Oh yeah, because that's government shit now. Because they wanted to build museums <clears throat> and gift shops and all this stuff for tourists. I have a question right quick to yeah. interrupt you because I don't know about laws. If I dig a hole in my backyard and I find another equivalent of terracotta army, does the government get to take my house? Or I own it if I find it here. They would take right? it through eminent domain and you could fight it in court, but you would probably lose. There's a whole bunch of people who did, well, it's not here, but in England, they found like a whole bunch of million dollars in coins, and the government said no. Nah, That's in hard. England. I thought it here. No, I, no, I, I, I said I only had the, option, I only had the, the equivalent in England. I, I don't well, know that's one thing. Here, I thought here, like sure if I, I dig something up, I thought that shit was mine. I want to say, I think you get like. Unless like if I dig I it up in a park, no, then it if goes it's on to your land, state. I think if, if it's, it's on your if land. It's yeah, I think I it's you get like 40 or 50% of it. They still get a part of it, but you don't get the whole thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I just like, yeah. I like sorry. the yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in this case, none of it I have a feeling was, was. I can see you out back digging. <laughs> you know, when I was little start, digging holes in my backyard was my favorite digging thing. that hole, I want to know if I get to keep what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a concubine. 
Yeah, I will. I will absolutely. If I find a confidant in my backyard, <laughs> you're the first person I'm calling. Yes, you better call. <laughs> we gotta call you. <laughs> So, according, I just looked it up. According to U.S. law, if you find any kind of artifact on your land, it's yours. Cool. That's what I thought. Hell yeah. Merc. Yeah, this was not the case in America. China. America. <laughs> not in China. Yes. Like, Thank you very much. Here's a case of sparklets on your way. Yeah. So, they demolished their homes and started erecting gift shops and, and establishments. And, and you got to think. These farmers, a lot of them couldn't read or write, so that was an issue too. They didn't know how to do anything else, and that's what made it a lot harder for them than some of some of the other people in the Chinese community that were benefiting greatly from all the tourism and you know all all of the press and everything from finding this great archaeological find. Imagine so, that a culture where the little guy doesn't profit, but the people up top. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine living in a place like that, can you? <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> so out of, out of the seven, um, and this is where it gets pretty sad. Um, one of the farmers was diagnosed with acute heart disease a few years after the discovery. He hung himself so he wouldn't be a burden to his family because they couldn't afford to pay his medical bills. Oh. Two other farmers died of horribly painful ailments, which were undiagnosed and untreated due to their poverty. They died penniless and jobless. And then the four others took work at museums and gift shops signing books for tourists, where they earned like a flat monthly rate. And since they, they couldn't read or write, they just had to learn to write their names. And one of them said it took him 10 days to learn how to write his name. And that's all we can write. I'm sorry, you probably already did this. What was the original reason they were digging? Uh, there was a drought, and, and they, they needed water. water. Yeah, water's in that hole. Dig a well. Dig a well. Yes. So, <laughs> so they were well diggers. All right, yeah. I got you. <clears throat> so they make a flat monthly rate, um, which keeps them in poverty, even though the tourist demand for the sign books and for meet and greets with the finders of the terracotta army is so high that they've hired imposters. Kind of like the 725 minimum wage that we got here. Yeah. Well <laughs> or the 223 an hour that our waitresses make. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's staying in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So in several places uh throughout the area of Cyan, there are gift shops and things that have just employed like random people to say, yeah, I found the terracotta army. Let me sign your book. And it's well known amongst, you know, the the community and everything. But tourists, I mean, they don't know. They're like, you know, if I walked up to somebody and they're like, I discovered the terracotta army, I would believe it probably. And, you know, especially if it's a raggedy looking guy who can't read, that makes it even more believable, doesn't yeah. it? Or is that me being weird? So, yeah, I mean. I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect somebody in a suit to greet me and go, yeah, I discovered the terracotta army. Yeah. Like, I, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't <laughs> I, would you like me to sign your name? My name? Yes. <laughs> the gym? No, just my name. <laughs> so the farmers that say, are still, the farmers that are still tourist. alive, no, wish that the, oh, <laughs> wish that they had never uncovered the terracotta army. 
but the Chinese government is still actually excavating the mausoleum. They haven't un- uncovered everything yet. I know, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it's horrible, but then it's also awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's still <laughs> like, stuff that they haven't even touched. But and, then that makes me wonder what would happen here. What if they decided they needed to go smack dab in the middle of the Great Smoky Mountains, so they hired just whatever 35 people they find standing outside the unemployment office, and they find insert political figure, whatever the hell is here's bullshit. What happens then? Who like they find who does for, that go to? And would our over. people would would the people who dug it up be treated the same? Like would they just make their seven twenty five, send them home, pretend like tell them they had to pretend like they didn't see anything or you know what I mean? Like how would it work here? Well I kind of feel like they would get like Credit for the discovery and press tours and all kinds of stuff because we love that shit. Yeah, I mean, we, you know we we're very consumerism. Yeah, over uh, here. So I feel like there would be tons of recognition. The discovery would go to the landowner, but in this case, these people were also the landowners. Yeah. So that's kind of what makes it more shitty. Yeah, I think. Well, and that's why that's why yeah. I have questions. It's so weird how different yeah. everybody is, but like we're all on the same shit here. Why are we not what's on the, the What's the curse, though? Is the curse... Oh, the okay. Curse I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. So shit. No, no, no. Is it, is it like the curse of oppression and disenfranchisement? Well, it, like... it's just that the people, the seven that found it were like, you know... But is that a thing that was beforehand? Like, was there something to where it said, whoever unearthed these... Well, they were originally just digging... For water. But yeah, I know. I mean, you but, can accidentally well, open Pandora's box. Yeah, so their lives are, their lives <laughs> are that, that's an, another interesting thing. Though. What I'm getting at is they found something really interesting, and that could have taken them out of the poverty that they were in. Right. And instead, the government came in and was like, no, screw you. You can just stay poor. We're getting everything. That's awful. So, so most of them died, and a couple of them got to be poor people signing their name. Yeah. And not profiting from Yeah, that. for $17 a month that or whatever. I, that's awful. That qualifies as a curse for sure. This is the worst, this is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> I bummed out. I that it was found before and nobody wanted to dig it up because as soon as they found it, they're like, no, nah, I ain't touching that because immediately when you start to dig, dig up statues underground, there is the thought over there that it is part of some tomb or some yeah so you'd be desecrating someone's grave yeah, yeah. so there have been like journals and writings where it's like you know so they're just... cursed for doing it even though they didn't do it intentionally right they accidentally oh man and well like i said i mean when i was little i tell you what my fucking jam you remember i used to just dig holes in the backyard <laughs> dug holes in the backyard I, I, do you remember also she was like the turtle whisperer it was so weird she'd be like every morning i could go outside and catch a turtle she'd be like i'm gonna go out and get a turtle and my mom and dad be like all right and then she'd come back with a fucking turtle and i it was like what the fuck do you we said turtles my whole life because i was like i'm gonna get a turtle but, yeah but so if i had accidentally dug up something i would then be cursed even though i didn't do it for nefarious reasons that's horseshit i think curses should have like a 
terms and conditions yeah. are way yeah. out. Yeah, you can bleed from the eyes or something. Yeah. <laughs> but but I did want to say this because this relates to my TikTok. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's posting that TikTok. Y'all are trying to do it. I'm a, I'm my, my TikTok is awful. And no, nobody, it's, it's amazing, honey. Nobody, nobody listens to my TikTok. But I, I've started this TikTok trivia thing. So I have to give the answer to the TikTok trivia. Oh, you're doing the, hold on a minute, because you're doing the answer now. Because I haven't even looked at the video to edit it yet. Oh, it doesn't matter because nobody's going to watch it. <laughs> but I, so I have to post your TikTok before I post this. No, no. No. <laughs> Okay. It, no, anybody that messages me the right answer, whether they call okay. me here or, Kelly, Google, or or they can message Drunk Theory, whatever yeah. I take Twitter. So the the my question on TikTok was about the toxic substance that is rumored to surround the tomb of Ken Ken Shi Wong. So I'm about to talk about that. So nobody has excavated this tomb yet, and the reason that they have it, or at least one of the reasons that they have it, is that it is rumored to be booby trapped. But also, it's rumored to be surrounded by like a river of toxic mercury. And they've actually oh. done mercury readings on the area that are really high. Like thermometer mercury? Uh, yes. Yeah. And apparently that was, mercury was a symbol of immortality. So they're thinking it might be real. But I don't know where they would have got like a whole fucking river of mercury. <laughs> well, I mean, somebody got mercury from somewhere. They put yeah. it in. I could buy 100,000 thermometers where it works so i mean well it comes from Would somewhere you, yeah mercury is real well, i know it's real i'm working on my tomb could you get it yeah. give me that 15 tons of mercury yeah. so apparently there is a lot of fucking mercury around there you or at least the there is a like rumor that the there is so, like you can mine for mercury just like you do for gold and yeah. things like oh that. hey no shit um this has probably been like 10 years ago i hope to god that it's still a thing because one day i'm gonna be brave enough to leave my house in north carolina there's a fucking mountain that you can go to and mine for dinosaur bones <laughs> Really? For whatever reason, they think there's dinosaur bones there. But I've seen like posts of people who found like dinosaur bones, and whatever you find, you get a key. So that would be so much fun. Like make because I camp. love to dig. Make a camp and drink sparkly fruit fruit drinks around the campfire. Right. I we could make a whole day of it, man. We could tailgate first and then go dig so for the bones. Fun. And we can compare our dinosaur bones at the end of the day. I have a truck now, so we can tailgate. We got a truck! We can tailgate uh, in front uh, of the dinosaur. I, I don't, don't want to dig anything. I love to dig! <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm <getting laughs> bougie or something. <laughs> like, I don't, don't want to dig. She thinks she's too good to dig. Let me also tell you oh. that we took this bitch geocaching one time. Oh, you yeah, that's that is. I didn't like that. Uh, it's so like dirty. a thing. <laughs> geocache that's like a thing and you know because of our phone I'm like yeah i got here blah blah, blah whatever um she's like wearing stripper heels and we're like well yeah i mean you yeah, know we gotta track through the woods she's like this fucking car mountain it was like 95 degrees that time she's like i'm not doing this she just sat down like in some gravel and she was like i'll see y'all when y'all get back <laughs> so we did it without her i'm pretty sure we didn't even find the one that we were looking for <laughs> I don't know either or not, but I hate that shit. I don't want to go trekking through the woods. I don't like bugs. I don't like the outdoors. I don't, I don't like, like bugs either, either, but I love I love bugs if there's a challenge. Like I don't want to just go out and look at bugs. And some people do that. That's fucking weird. But I mean I'm right for you. But if it's bugs. hey, you can find this cool thing, 
probably gonna have to fight some spiders. Fuck <laughs> you! <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah! Let's go! Because there's a thing I need to find or whatever. Like, I like finding shit. I'm like, can I order this cool thing on Amazon? Can I get this for myself? You can't. You can't. You can't buy an experience on Amazon. <laughs> a terrible yeah. experience. Joe, Mom, tell her. Tell her to go geocaching with us. You gotta go geocaching, and you've gotta wear the most inappropriate clothing you can. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know what? Or whatever. No matter what happens to you, it's fucking worth the story. <laughs> I might be willing to do it from the podcast. I fell down a well. I fell down a well. I broke both my heels, but I found terracotta hookers. I found a pill bottle with a sticker <laughs> from 1987. <laughs> atmospheric and fun one both of those were really good the chair because it exists we know where we could go see it and these terracotta huh? warriors pretty cool. uh, i would love to see them i think they're so neat. Neat. I, would, I, would freaking, I would spend I the whole i can't see that i don't have my glasses on um so just um real quick i'm going to put it in there and actually i did kind of research it after you sent it to me and there is nothing there's nothing to research but i put it on our picture for our twitter or instagram Apparently, Post Malone went to some fucking museum that has nope. fucking haunted hey, shit. Hey, oh, no, with the ghost adventures guy. Yeah, he went. Okay, so what? he went what? somewhere what? with the ghost adventures guy, and Post Malone touched the guy that was touching the divot box, and now they think Post Malone has been cursed by, cursed the, divot. by the divot box. Right. I didn't know what a divot box was. I know that you can buy them on Etsy. I do not recommend. Like what is? What do they think? That, well, I mean, how is the curse manifesting? Do you know what a Dybbuk box, box is? Yeah, I've seen. I mean, well, I, yeah. they think that since the ghost hunter was opening it, and I guess Price Malone was just like standing here, like chilling, that the ghost came out of the Dybbuk box and went into Price Malone. And then oh. apparently some fucked up shit happened to Price Malone, like right after that. What like, his flowers were flat. I don't follow Prince Malone. I don't know what's going on in this guy's life, but for I, I hear he reason, got gibbeted. It was. I hear he got gibbeted. Yeah, <laughs> gibbeted. I would hold on, real talk. Um, if they brought that back, would y'all buy tickets? Because I fucking would. If you, you should not, you should stop this right now. No, I'm not stopping. I'm saying for real gibbeted? because it used to be a thing. You mean yeah, gibbeted? Watch public beheadings and. Would no. you go? I think no. for, for me, it would depend on who it was, on who what it they was and what they and what yeah. they had done. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. just make a Sunday afternoon of it. <laughs> like, but if it was, you know, like if, if, if they, I if went, they, if they if gave went, it in Jeffrey Dahmer, would y'all have gone? Being applied fuck to yes. people, fuck yeah. I wouldn't go unless they made me, and I was the one being gibbeted. That's the oh, only thing. Oh, oh, I wouldn't go to your gibbeting. Is that what oh, you would call so it? Oh, that's so nice of you. We would not like to see you gibbet it. We would have a fucking. We would protest your gibbet it. 
we'd have a D give it party here. I would go to Party City and get them to make helium balloons in the shape of you. Oh, I would like that. As my <laughs> eyes go down my head. but then that defeats the purpose because you beat it. But except for pinatas, are awesome. Is it okay if I do a pinata of you? In full respect. When you break it open, it's a bunch of tiny little good versions of him that aren't messed up. And they're full oh, of liquor. Yes. Jumbo liquor thing. Oh, I, oh I would love that. People could just have, yeah, that would be that would be a party. We'll do that. <laughs> if you right. ever get given it. And the same for me. That. If I get given it, y'all, I'm just I'm pinata full of carrot liquor. Yes. I apply Jumbo in for your gibbeting. Yeah. I would speak up for you too. First class. We need, we need more diggers. Please spare her. We need diggers. Diggers. <laughs> oh my God. And y'all know one of my earliest memories. I remember being at um, Daddy's Mama's house, crazy grandma. Yeah. Sucking dart up through a straw for no reason. <laughs> Garlic? I can't be the only one who did that. Yes, you can. Yeah, that's just you. <laughs> you were sucking garlic through a straw? Dirt. No, dirt. <laughs> oh, dirt. Outside. Oh, I just took a straw outside and just sucked dirt up. You mud, didn't do that? Mud pies are not real. This was not mud pies. This I'd was like to, this was I'd, like to, I'd like to stand in solidarity with you, but I know I did not eat dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't eat it either. I sucked it up through a straw, and that made me... That made me popular. <laughs> oh, well, that's a, that's a smoothie. I would do that. <laughs> okay. Dirt smoothie. Yeah, I remember making soup. Did y'all hang out with y'all's friends and just like pull grass and flowers Dude, and put them? The stuff. Wow. I wish Dirt I had and grass soup. You didn't do that? You had friends that ate that? No, we didn't eat it. No, we just pretended to eat it. Well, you made it seem like we well, sucked up the dirt. Don't act like yeah, I, I mean, sucked up the dirt. I was <laughs> the same thing. It's like I was. We sucked up the first part. Yes, I mean part. I was. I was right there with you. It's like I was sucking dirt through a straw and I made grass soup, but I'd never eat grass soup. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <not>? <laughs> you, you jump from one subject to the other without. If you were just making. Uh, dirt pies or mud pies, and you added grass to it. That means you were uh fucking a chef. Yeah, you were. A chef. You, were you were spicing it up. Master chef you in the making over here. She knew how to do Let it. Let me tell you what, though, son. We live in the same house, so if you need me to edit something out, you say it later. Don't make me look like a dick on the phone. I'm straight. <laughs> 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 hey, maybe you shouldn't talk. I got to eat dirt. Hey, okay, I, I maybe I'll cut that part out. You're starting your autobiography. <laughs> I didn't know this was You're a live stream it. until she just It's told not me. live stream. It's not. We're not we're not streaming. <laughs> but also Joe is, Joe is not a stranger. Joe has known us. We know Joe. <laughs> how do we meet Joe? Let's talk about how we met Joe. Hold on, no wait a minute. We're going ahead. Does anybody else have anything around an object? No. Well then what the hell y'all back here bitching about? <laughs> <laughs> They're of no use whatsoever. <laughs> and I had one. I just didn't want to go too long on my thing. We can go for it. How'd we meet my Joe Mo? We met Joe Mo at Mad Monsters. That's right. We were all convention people. That's we're right. Nerd. We're the biggest nerds ever. <laughs> you know, people, people, dear audience, there was a time when we could all gather in big groups in, in events. Years ago. Together. And there was these things called hugs. 
where we'd sort of put our arms around each other and give a little squeeze. Very. In, I'm in hugging Jomo right now. Once upon a time. Once upon a Once time. Once upon a time, dear. Did dear you me. go to Mad Monster this past year? I, I know they had not, it. I'm not at Mad Monster anymore. Well, I, no, I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know if maybe you just went. Well, I'm going to try to do what I did at Mad Monster at Days of the Dead, just kind of make sure the community stays together. Now i got six shows to do it. And you'll be amazing time. at it. I know you will. Because... I just love, you know, you know me, I'm fan first. I I love all this shit, you know. And, yeah, and of course. Like, my favorite thing is like when you meet somebody that's hiding behind a pillar and they're like, I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm, I'm a big Bill Mosley fan. I said, well, have you spoken to him? No, I'm really shy. I said, take my arm, you know, and just yeah. and say, this is Bill Mosley. He's my friend. And, and um, you know, the next day they're like, look, look, I got a tattoo of his autograph on my, and, and these are people you see the next year over and over again. Over and, and over again. Finds their family and it. That's, that's the, the whole and you had mentioned that earlier, you know, that the horror community is amazing. And they actually are, which is super weird to me because obviously not, not our, really. hold on, obviously not our parents because our parents were into horror, but a lot of people are like, horror's bad. And, but when you know you but watch, we're like, wow, these people are the coolest people. Those <laughs> horror movies have such a low budget and shit. They're doing it for the love of it. You know, yeah, that's they right. like to exactly. do it and that's why it's so fun. And I will say our first Mad Monster party, everybody from the original Fright Night stayed around and did karaoke. At the yep. bar. That, that, right was there, that was our that was our second year we had went. Well, I went one year yeah. by myself. She, she went I by went herself, completely alone. Then the two of us. <laughs> and then our second year together, Kelly went with us. And, yes. and they did the karaoke and it was just expect real people to hang out and do karaoke well, you know they're five minutes and leave they were there for that. an hour doing karaoke and having fun and just yeah they, they they're like they're fans too and exactly. when you yeah. they were they acted thing. more like fans almost than yeah, I did. yeah when you when you make it safe for them and you and they yeah. you know our the fans at mad monster were so warm to everybody and respectful yeah, I mean, Robert, Eng Robert England, who never comes downstairs, he would come out and he'd sit in the dining room and he he knew he wasn't getting hassled. And if people came up to him, he was happy to see them. Doug Bradley, I've never seen Doug Bradley smile so much. Oh, he we met him and he was a fucking delight. He talked to me for a while. He signed my puzzle box. He had his wife go get him a glass of wine. Yeah, he was drinking wine yeah, all we, He was out and we wanted to talk for a few minutes and nobody else was waiting in line. And we talked about Hellraiser and some of the other movies he had done. And yep. just it was amazing. I don't understand why horror. Gets I love Doug Bradley as an actor, and I love fucking Clive Barker as a writer. Just not just Hellraiser. I love like his Scarlet Gospels, yep, Arabat. I love fucking the Great and Secret Show. All of his has been amazing. I've read I Magica like twenty times. Yeah, just just meeting fucking meeting Doug Bradley was amazing. Well, all, right. say it's all of us did one. that. You know, all of us did that, and we made yeah. we made um, special events that would like like i remember we had a drinking game once where we had i don't know who the cast was was it from it was one of the casts who got up on stage and read their parts and every was time was that not from i think it's from that and every time they said us, we had a drinking game every time they said a certain word people yeah because yes, i was yes, there for yes, that i was there yeah, yeah. yeah. and y'all so remember trying to design shit that would make people participate yeah, and, and I don't know if you remember the wedding that was there, the very first yeah. wedding. That well, was, I know. Was, that was, yeah, that was hers, of course. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, hers. Like I'm not in the room. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> right, I mean, and this guy. You know, it was just I, my I, wedding. I married myself. She was just talking, really. Yeah, <laughs> she she married herself. Yeah.
No, That's I married this great. wonderful man back here. With good choice. Good choice. And uh, that was a fit. <laughs> that, that was, was a fit. I think it was. It was super fun. They were super good to us the whole time. Wasn't it like, like one of one of two or was three. Great. Oh yeah. Sid Haig hung out after the wedding and was back with us in our own. They gave us our own little personal room. Yeah, I got pictures of him. He stayed for forty five minutes, had cake, talked, and just had a great time in costume. So I know he was uncomfortable and still was there the whole time. Like, yeah, he was amazing. He didn't make make you drink his disgusting gumball drink, did he? Did you exactly. He did the night before. Yes, exactly. he made the, it. I thought it was great. I got so drunk. But I were drunk. That, no, that was the night. Yeah, she was already. We were drunk. already drunk, yeah. so I didn't really taste it. Although he was making the drinks, but I went to bed early because I I, I wanted to like not look shitty as a bride. <laughs> mixed up a bunch of, but, but mixed up a bunch of Armenian Armenian spices for like seasoning stuff. Uh, and it smelled like bo. It was really gross. But this whole thing was. I, I mean, we were already so drunk. Yeah. I remember we had already seen like fire eaters and shit by the yeah. time we yeah. got over. Yeah. I think that's about when I went to bed. I, I saw the fire eater, and then I think we. Went and to then bed. we heard somebody hollering about Sid Hayes drink, and we're like, "Holy shit, y'all!" And then we went over there, and I remember yeah. was it me and you or me and you went up to him. I was like, "Hey!" Well, I think we both went. To, I almost say it's all four of us. It might have been all of us, and we were like, early. "Hey, this is the wedding the bar, for tomorrow," right? so he just gave us all the drink. Well, I the drink though. So maybe you did, maybe you were gone and it was just us three or maybe I think it was just you and me and they had been job. He blitzed you. He did his job. He did. <laughs> it was super fun though, but I love the horror community. You know who else I fucking love? The goddamn podcast community. <laughs> yeah, I'm learning a lot about the podcast community. I'm gonna shout them out right quick. But you should have a podcast. Let me tell you what. We're having one. It's fun. They have been nothing but supportive. Even, you know, other, which, um, you know, there's a lot of true crime and there's a lot of sports and there's not a whole lot of conspiracy, but there are other conspiracies. Mm -hmm. But everybody is super supportive. They're like, I'll share your shit. I'll send you stickers. Like, I mean, everybody is amazing. So shout out to just the fucking podcast people in general. It's the best. I, there's a special place in heaven for us. Is there a special now. name? <laughs> I mean, because we went in just assuming we were going to be on our own. Did we get to go to heaven with all of our awards? Yeah, we're, we're, we won two awards. We are an award-winning <laughs> podcast here. Arthur won an award for anything unless you give it to yourself. That's great. <laughs> That's freaking great. I love it, man. I, I mean, I, it's just... I can see why people love it. It's just total free-for-all. And it's so fun, and we have met so many cool people. Like, I mean, I just can't even, because if I leave my house, like if I go to Walmart, I don't meet any cool people. I meet 500 assholes, and then I want to kill myself by the time I get home. But like, if I go on Twitter, <laughs> and I'm we managed to find like the few, like, there's like a whole, people that aren't assholes. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, we're buddies, and I'm like, yeah. Do they have, <laughs> do they have Walmart in UK? Huh? Do they have Walmart in the UK? I don't know. It's Walmart. I bet you they don't. I bet everybody. I bet all your 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 British uh, listeners are like. Oh, I'm gonna have to ask them. They're like, what is Walmart? It's a wall there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, they, they go in like halter tops and leggings. <laughs> they have the same thing. I thought Tesco was like our Costco. Oh, 
could be, I don't know. Or like our 7-Eleven. Oh, I don't, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think Tesco's like 7-Eleven there. We're just going to have to set up a call. So Walmart, and one of our Walmart UK people the, has player pods. Walmart, is, is it, is it still Walmart. called Walmart? Yeah. There's Walmart in the UK, you guys. Oh, wow. So where do you guys buy your leopard, leopard leggings and your... <laughs> Let me tell you what, they sell the weirdest shit at Walmart. One year, I wanted to buy him one of those fucking masks, you know, for when he sleeps, just to cut out the lights or whatever. Yeah, he has. All I could find was, like, super puppy tie-dyed glitter raccoon eyes, or it had a horn where it made you look like a fucking unicorn, (laughs) and I'm like, I just need a regular sleep mask. (laughs) Where are the regular sleep masks? There were none at my local Walmart. It was a unicorn or glittery raccoon, and that's all you get. <laughs> oh my goodness! But since they don't have any research, I know you said you had one more you wanted to do for us. I have something that you guys will be interested in, I think, because it it's personal, and but it it has a little history. So basically, I talked to you about Forrest J. Ackerman, who created Famous Monsters of Filmland with James Warren, his publisher this old guy here i miss him but um he sort of started it all for us but um when foy passed away about 12 years ago um i did it we did a big tribute for him at the egyptian theater in hollywood on hollywood boulevard and at the egyptian theater we had a tribute and all kinds of people showed up um who you would have loved to meet i wish you guys could have been there it was like 75% fans and then some celebrities. And so Rick Baker spoke and Guillermo del Toro, John Landis, everybody was there. Oh, and because um, we all loved him so much and he, he inspired us to do the things we still pursue to this day. And so um, that was a very successful night. And um, I went to sleep that night and um, I had a dream. And my dream was that Flory Ackerman came into the room and he said, Hello, pal. And I said, Forey, he said, seen any good events lately? And I went, oh my God, you, the, the, the tribute, did you like it? He said, well, the ninth wonder of the world, because that would have been, Forey would have said that because King Kong would have been one of the wonders of the world, right? <laughs> Forey, I'm so happy you liked it. And I went to sleep and about five o'clock in the morning, I heard clunk. And I got up and in my little, I have a little, a little sort of a wall shelf that has these pockets in it. And in one of those pockets is this picture of Forey, which was the last picture he ever gave to me, which he signed. And, uh, you know, it was meant a lot to me because he said, you know, my best buddy. So I was proud to say that I was Forey's last and best friend. But it used to sit on this plate, which I'd always put out for him at Thanksgiving. That was his special plate at the head of the table when we'd have about 12 guests or whatever. You are special today. That's his Thanksgiving plate. So the picture had fallen down after sitting there for, it had fallen down. So I had a friend named Paul Davis. He's a filmmaker. Long story short, he's done tons of stuff. He, he did the original Transformers cartoon. He wrote that and he's been a producer and made a lot of movies. Um, and Paul called me that day and he said, he said, I had the weirdest experience. I said, what is it, Paul? He said, well, I was doing my taxes and uh, I went to the bathroom and when I came out, I was looking at my taxes and there was a black line of ink or some kind of liquid over one line. And I went, where did that come from? And I looked to see if something was leaking and it, it wasn't. And I couldn't figure it out. It looked like ink, but not ink, but it was wet. 
And I looked at it and it said, spoke to Joe Amode, who was a lawyer that did his taxes. I said, that's really weird, Paul. And then I told him my story and he went, oh my God, he's telling me, for he's telling me that he spoke to Joe Mo. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, I mean, and he's, he chained it all together. And from that, that evolved into a whole project, a, a, a documentary project and a book called The Life After Death Project, which is all about that event. And then Paul trying to prove through seances and through all kinds of other things that there's life after death. So this event that happened, no matter how you want to look at it, became some snowballed into something that if you go on Amazon and look up the Life After Death Project, you'll see a book and a DVD with Corey's picture on it. Oh, holy and, shit. And, um, Is and there an audio book, story. Just by the way? What's well, that? you don't have to I do audio books now. But I like, I like, I was just wondering because I have, I have audio. It might be, it might be by now, but. but I, I was going to say, check out, I was just wondering because I like audio books too for our listeners too. You never know. Some people don't like Right, free. right. And the DVD does that. I mean, DVD is like a, a DVD of the whole story where he talks to. Oh, I like, just read it. That's so neat. And, um, and he did a TED talk, I think, on it. And so there's my personal relationship to what you may or may not think. Well, then let me ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> How can you have that story and still call yourself a skeptic? Well, because, you know, it, because I can't, you know, I can't trace it back to anything that I, that I can conclusively say is, is like a supernatural phenomenon. I like you know, they get the, so you, you're more coincidence guy that you had yeah. the dream. It's kind of coincidence, you know, because my way of thinking was when I woke up, I thought, well, maybe, maybe I just woke up to something and, and it was laying down already. Who knows how long it was? You know what I mean? I had yeah. all of these questions in my mind because I've, I've had some ghostly kind of like experiences when I was a kid, but I attribute some of them to hallucination. Um, I can tell you a quick ghost story if you want to hear it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, was, I was about 16 years old and I'd gone to sleep because it was a school night and we the house we lived in was a two-story house in Hawaii in a place called Kailua which was about a block from the beach and um, I was asleep in my room I was 16 and I knew my mom was out in the living room on the second floor watching tv and I was asleep and I don't know how long I was asleep <clears throat> but I opened my eyes and I looked straight above me and it looked like if somebody took graduated books, like one, two, three, and put them in a stack, and then had put what you guys might consider burlap, but for me, I knew it was like coconut husk from the tree, which looks like burlap, and it looked like it was tied up, and it was just sort of turning this way above me, and then turning that way above me. I was like in a dream state still, so I was still half asleep, and so I thought, my brothers pranked me, and I thought, how did they get that up there without me seeing being woken up and so I pushed myself up in the bed and I looked and I realized there was nothing holding it there and at that point I I was almost in full awake mode and I <gasps> gasped and I turned and as I turned there was a boy my age with brown face just like with these big eyes just staring straight in my face about eight inches from my face and I went <gasps> I gasped again I couldn't make any sound and he turned around and he was totally naked, walked into my closet, which was about six feet away from me, and went in the closet. And I got up and I ran out of the room. And my mother, you know, I said, mom, and she was laughing because I'm buck naked. She's laughing. I said, no, no, there's some, there's somebody in my room. And she came in and we looked and there was nothing there. So that was like a moment between sleep and awake. And still all that of that, thing, you call that, yourself a skeptic. That, 
<laughs> now, I, I, now this is my personal theory. I don't, I don't, I don't think you were technically asleep or awake. You were at the point in between where you can see things where like if you take acid or shrooms and you get beyond the point of our understanding, just like sh there's certain shrimp that can see more colors that we can. Oh, you that one that punches like, the glass. Yeah, like you don't think there's other, there's got to be other creatures that can see more dimensions <laughs> than we can. What right, you right. saw is what I considered the physical manifestation for us to understand it of the universe. It kind of looks like a revolving mm -hmm. infinite bookshelf or of, of infinite pages that if you say a lot of people say if you die you automatically go to an alternate universe that's the closest to where you've been that's why people have weird out-of-body experiences or say they thought they were in a wreck and died and came right back up because they woke up in a hospital it's because that's what most people think the universe is represented when we see it for, for our brain to understand it and, I, and I've, part of awareness. I, 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 I've been there when I was 17. I saw the same thing only one time. I took way too much acid, but I've, I've, I've been there. There's one time. Well, no, the, it's, it's the same. One time I took way too much acid. The, the, exact, the exact same description has been described by thousands of people who either took too much acid or have shoot trip too much. They see the same thing. They, they say it's a spinning book or a spinning revolving basically like a revolving page of life of each one millions of lives you could have because there's all all happening at the same time okay so and i think that's what you saw so i have a question for you then um <laughs> all of these things that you've taught us just so far on just this one thing and you're like oh it's coincidence or you know blah blah, blah whatever what would it take what would you have to see to where you were like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. That's if I had the experience my brother Danny had, my brother Danny is a, an ex-military guy, an ex-army man, diametrically opposed to me in a lot of ways. We're the same kind of spirit, but he's like hard, and he's you know he's a completely you know in a different. He's like the GI Joe of Joe yeah. Mo. Yeah. When he got out of the military, when he got out of the military, he went to work as security in my mom's hospital. My mom ran a hospital called St. Francis. She was a medical professional. She was- We have St. Francis down here. Yeah, and she, so Danny went to be a security guard. He decided to try security. His first day of work, if, if I had been him and seen this and, and it played out the way he said, I would believe it. And this is haunted object too, we will get into that. He's working there and he goes to the grizzled old security head named Kimo and you know, you know why they talk like this? You know, they talk uh, pidgin English. Kind of <laughs> like that. You know, the perpetrator was going. So Danny goes up and he says, so what am I supposed to do? He says, okay, Danny, brother, you're going to go, you're going to patrol the whole hospital. And then you want to walk over there and just going to look at all the rooms, walk through. Don't go downstairs to the basement. So my brother's like, oh, okay. You know, my brother's like, I'm going to the basement. <laughs> so he, goes, <laughs> he immediately, you know, walks around, does a round, goes to the basement with his newspaper. He's going to look at the newspaper goes to the bottom floor, it opens up. There's a hallway of doors, just like an old unused hospital ward, multiple doors and a door at the far end. So he's walking down, looking in doors and what he's finding is old medical equipment, old bed frames, right? Old sheets, old this. And he looks down at the bottom and the door is ajar and he sees there's a light on, on this lazy boy recliner. And he's like, that's for me. So he goes to the end he opens the door and he sits back 
and immediately he feels this anvil of pressure on his chest. In Hawaii, they're known as choking ghosts. They exert a great amount of pressure on your chest so that you have trouble breathing. And he said he was petrified. Now, this is my, my army man brother. So he was petrified. Nothing could move but his eyes. And he realized his eyes are just spinning in his head looking for a way out. That's all that he could move. And he doesn't know how long he was held down. But at the point that it let up, he was move, pushing so hard, he hit the ground running six feet away from the chair. And he went to the, to the elevator and he pounded on it and he looked back over his shoulder and that chair was going bam, 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 bam. And the door opened and he ran in and he slammed the button and it closed and he went upstairs and he went out and he tried to act like nothing happened and Kimo saw him and he's like, you went to the basement, didn't you? Yeah, he's like, you're not supposed to go there. It's a, it's a romantic, it's a lady ghost. She's, she's always trying to seduce everybody. Don't go down there anymore. <laughs> my brother was like, okay, okay, okay. But my brother being my brother's life, after an hour of coming, I was like, I'm going back down there. He goes back to the elevator, same routine, goes down, he looks, <laughs> there's the chair, and he's like, scared, but he's gonna tough it out, and he walks down, and he sees something sparkling on the chair, and he looks at it, and it's a diamond study ring in the middle of the chair. And he said, he just put it on and walked out. And when he went upstairs again, the guy said, Daniel, you can't wear any jewelry on the floor. You gotta... So for three months to the day, he took it off every time he came to work and put it in his locker. And on the anniversary, the three month anniversary of the time that he'd found it, he went to his locker. And when he went to go home, it was gone. So that's his story. He has lots of them. That's, that's the one that... When he tells it, he gets tears in his eyes. So I know he means it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's I guess still you call yourself a skeptic. Well, that's my brother, you know. My brother, I mean, you know, that's Danny. Yeah. You know? He could have been, you know, who knows? Well, um, going back to you being, calling yourself a skeptic, um, <laughs> do you prefer, like, do you prefer not believing and not knowing, or would you want, do you want to say something would, would and you, you just haven't a, yet? Would you rather be oblivious? Yeah. No, I want to know. I want. I'm okay. always. You know me. I'm like. So you book. want I'm it always, to happen for you? It just has to happen in. in a way that you can call it for you to well, where you can specifically. Yeah, I want to research it. I want to move towards it. I want to look at it. I want to examine it. I want to try it out. Because some you know, people, you know, are just like, "No, nah, that's voodoo shit," or whatever, and then they're like, "Don't I, I talk hope to it people is. I hope shit. it is. If it's voodoo shit, I'm there. I mean, well, I want to check it out. I want to check it out. But, but you're, you're open to it. If it were to happen, you just don't feel like it's absolutely. And, and I'll and I'll chase it too. I'll go and look at it. If somebody says there's a haunted house, I'm going to try to spend the night. I will. If somebody says it's going to spooky stuff's going to happen, I will. No, I want to go to Chernobyl. You want to go to Chernobyl? I'll, with I'll, me? I'm there. But when you right? tell me, do you, want to, do you want to sit in the death chair? Do you want to sit in the, the death chair? I would not sit in the death that, chair. I don't, I, don't to to I don't know what that says about me as a person. You see, That's I would be more likely find out. to sit in the death chair than to go to Chernobyl. Really? I don't want to, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to end my status as a skeptic by dying from putting my ass in a chair. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. to right. check it out. I tripped and hit my head on the chair. God damn it. <laughs> That's terrible, yeah. Like we're close enough to death to where anything Chernobyl can give us will die before it hits anyway. Well, prop, 
You're probably well, gonna if you get cancer, it's gonna be forty years before you die from it, and we're already in our forties. My with Chernobyl is apparently there's like just a whole bunch of like puppies and shit running around. Oh, there's crazy wolves, and, and you can't take them home with you, and da just be like sad. Da-da. I can't take the puppies home with me, and I'm there. I'm at Chernobyl. The puppy that glows. Yeah. Glowing puppies. Yeah, no way. I want to go to. I want to go to the haunted theme parks. I mean, isn't that isn't that that has it all, right? You right. Well, theme. you know, I was super excited about the Wizard of Oz yeah, one. Yeah, Except for up. now, they open it for weddings and shit. So that's, that's not so fun. That's just breaking and entering. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, that's, car, that's fun for some of us. Years, it was there, and they said nobody can. Like, my car won't get there. You have to have like super four wheel drive because it's up at Super Steep Mountain or whatever. So I was like, fuck it, I'll pay somebody out on fucking Craigslist to drive me up there. That'd be fine. But then they started opening it every spring for weddings. And so now there's no fun there. Yeah. I'm not going to break the most haunted place where Brittany got married last year. I mean. Uh, What's the most haunted place you know of that you'd like to go? Um, What's that goddamn place that Jeannie talks about all the time? The, the, um, the insane asylum where you can. Uh, my Aunt Jeannie, which we so talk many. about her on this show a lot. But there is an insane asylum. But they do like overnight stays, but it's pretty much just like some dude meets you at the door and goes, hey, sign this waiver because you might die. And then they leave you to it. You're, you know, they're just like, whatever, here you go. That sounds Wait, awesome. Is it Waverly, Waverly Hills? Is that a thing? Sounds, well, if it isn't, it should be. Waverly Hills. Welcome to Waverly Hills. I want to say it's Waverly Hills. But um, Jeannie has talked forever about doing the overnight stay there. Where is it? I'd love to do. Um, we have in Greenville, there is where it used to be the old tuberculosis hospital, supposedly haunted. But we've That's been not what there. it's called, right? <laughs> the old tuberculosis. The old tuberculosis. No, now it's called Herschelot Park. Welcome. But um, it was the old tuberculosis hospital. And supposedly it's haunted, but everything is gone now except for... Um, the brick wall with the name of it and then if you walk far enough back you can get to where you can tell okay yeah there used to be a building here but i mean everything is gone but you can tell just because like it drops down and there might be like some concrete blocks right here so you can go okay yeah this is where it used to be but everything is gone but they say that it's haunted um we were only there during the day though we took my daughter there because it's a park now like you can play frisbee uh, off there that's what we were doing <laughs> what do you think is your best ghost, ghost story movie what are some of your favorite ghost story movies oh i've heard about the charleston jail too i mean that's where they housed lavinia fisher the first u.s serial killer that was a female Oh, that would be that would be cool to explore. Yeah, dude, I want to do the hologram Jack the Ripper tour in fucking London. But hologram? They have what holograms of the? Yeah, apparently, I guess it's an app you download on your phone, but you pay for the thing. And so it's kind of like we did a thing earlier. They called it the Greenville Ripper. Um, but it's like we were supposedly hunting for like a copycat of Jack the Ripper in Greenville downtown. But it felt like there's an app and you know tell you where to go and then there'd be like a virtual witness you had to talk to or whatever. I think the the holographic Jack the Ripper is the same, except for somehow when you get there, 
a hologram shows up. That's the neatest shit ever. And so instead of you reading, this is what happened right here, you see a hologram. They have have old buildings where you can hold up your phone and it shows you what it used to look like. It shows you a holographic of the crime. And then you're like, figure out what's wrong with this shit. And you're like, I want to see that. Right? I would would pay, I mean, if I had it, like so many dollars. Yes, so many dollars. (laughs) I'd pay so many dollars to do that. Unlimited dollars. Unlimited, if I had Hey, sign up for your Patreon. (laughs) Maybe your fan base will bring you over. Right? We will live stream the holographic fucking. Are are you K people and all that? Right? Y'all, come on. We will do it. Y'all come hook us up with a cheap Airbnb when we get there. We'll stay at your mom's house. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds amazing to me. I I would love to do it. And even even minus the. and I've seen this. Who's the guys? Who's the guys that we watched? The BuzzFeed Unsolved or whatever. They did a Jack the Ripper thing to where they went to the... And everything is different now, you know, because that was so long ago. Like, they've built around, you know. So, like, well, if I'm standing right here back then, and then they'll show you the crime scene, and they're like, well, this was a field where she was. <laughs> so, apparently, if you're playing the game, the holographic game, when you bring it up, it will show you to where, yeah, I'm standing on concrete, but when they found the body, this was field. And this is oh, where she so was. Cool. Ron, I would pay so many dollars <laughs> to fucking do that. I love it. It's amazing. As obsessed as we are. I guess we're some great stuff. Yeah, we're weirdos, I guess. Yes. <laughs> we're the best. Really? We've got good, we're nice people. We're nice fucking, we've got good hearts. We just like hey, blood nice and people. shit. Hey, have you looked into getting your head frozen like Disney did? You know, I haven't. <laughs> I'm from Hawaii. I'm not used to the cold. <laughs> I also have not looked into that. No. I want to be um concrete. And, you know, they can put you in concrete and pour you and help rebuild the coral reef. That's what I want. They can that put your DNA right. in trees, too. which is Yeah, kind yeah of I know they can do trees. They can do, like, mushrooms and they stuff. They can put you into jewelry. I want to do the coral reef, and I can't even swim. I'm scared of shit of water, but for whatever reason, I don't want you to put me in the water. For whatever reason, I want to help rebuild the coral reef. I think that's a important thing. Don't put me in the water. Why are you afraid of the water? My jewelry ought to be a being great. Neither one of us know how to swim. Oh. <laughs> I, I do not like. But I think if I'm dead, I don't have to know how to swim, right? They'll just put me where I need to be. I don't like water at all, and I am one of the people who is in absolute agreement that Jaws is the scariest movie ever. And the reason, the reason I think that is because if you're looking at movies like you know Nightmare on M Street and you know Friday the Thirteenth and things like that, like you still went to sleep. After you saw Nightmare on the Street. Did Jaws keep you awake? No, but (laughs) it kept me out of the water. Oh, yeah. For a week. (laughs) Like, you know, people still went camping out of Friday the 13th. People did not go in the fucking water after Jaws. And that's why I think that that is. We're about to have to end this, but I have a question. Scariest horror movie you've ever seen. That scared you like in a real sense to where like now you're not doing that. The Exorcist. I was 14. I saw it in the theater, and and 
my mom only took me because she thought, well, you haven't been raised in, in religion, so a lot of it won't connect with you. But because I didn't understand it, I took it all for real. You know, I just, I came on board for the whole thing. So it scared the fuck out of me. And for two weeks, every time I'd go to sleep, before I went to sleep, I'd hear a buzzing and I was sure I was getting possessed. For two weeks, 14-year-old kid. So that scared the shit out of me, that movie. There have well, been a lot you, of scary movies I've seen, but that one. Have you watched it recently? Like, does it still have that effect or? It does in a way because it is so, it is, you know, if you think about it in the 70s, that was a time of, uh, there was a lot of experimentation. And it was the time when the genre was kind of meeting serious filmmaking. And the performances were, you know, it wasn't like, let's make a scary movie and here's all the tropes and things we have to do. This was like, let's make, you know, Rosemary's Baby and stuff like those. Let's make real serious movies about real people. That's what I was about to say. Back then, they didn't rely on a bunch of special effects. It was like mental, I guess, however the hell you people. want to say yeah, it. Was, it was all people. It was all character, about, about, like we call, we call them character-driven stories. Yeah. It was about regular people going through intense shit. Yeah, that, you mentioned Rosemary's Baby. I love Rosemary's Baby. I don't know uh, if I've ever I, actually I, seen I Rosemary's Baby. so fucking much. And I make him watch it, and he loves it too. And I mean, there's just something about the way it looks and the way it's shot that's just fucking beautiful. And I just, It takes itself very seriously, and it makes us like really believe that they're people. Yeah, I, I have you, seen, have you seen Roman Polanski's The Tenant? No, I haven't that's seen my, that yet. That's my gift to you. That's okay, my gift actually, to you. Roman Polanski stars in it, oh, and really? it's fucking creepy. So hey, we're up in the, south. the ninth gate, the ninth gate, <laughs> I probably have <laughs> seen. I'm not even joking. A hundred yep. times, I love Johnny Depp's. Yep. Horribly. Oh, that's the one. I like ever, that one too. He's ever so fucking slimy, but just enough to like him. I love yep. the deaths, how they match the fucking cards. Just mm-hmm. everything about that movie, I could watch it over and over. And I'm, about just, I'm, I'm about to ruin it. I'm about to ruin it. But that's not my scariest one. If I had to go with the one that fucked me up the most, I watched Jacob's Ladder when it came out because my parents were also movie people. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, we don't know what it's really about. And the first time I watched it, at the end, I was like, holy fuck. He's been in Vietnam this whole time. My brain just, it just <laughs> I couldn't watch it till I was in my twenties again. And now it's it's one of my favorite movies, but that's yep. one that it really screwed me up. That one I'm about to ruin this whole state. Y'all know what one of mine is? What? The second fucking purge movie. That's a, good, that's a great franchise. It it is. Satisfying. I love every bit of it, and a lot of people didn't watch past the first one because they didn't like the first one. I love Ethan Hawke, so I loved the first one. I didn't like it. The, the whole thing with them in their house, I was like, they need to get out. And the second one, they do fucking get out, and that is one of the only movies to where I was worried for the people. Yep. Like, it it got me. Like, it's not scary. Like, it didn't give me nightmares. But I'm like, oh, (laughs) y'all better not fuck with those people. (laughs) They're all meaningful. Oh, my God. That is absolutely one of my favorites. Jason Jason Blum has really, I mean, you know, James, all these guys who love this stuff and kind of, they're not ashamed to to give us, like, the funhouse gags that we may know but they reinvent nothing crazy nothing <laughs> fresh and blum you know jason i mean he knows 
you know, yeah. the formula is great. It's like, <laughs> and it's I like, hate the people that criticize the movie The Space Horror because they don't like the effects or whatever. Well, meet, uh, meet Guillermo del Toro and, J- and Jordan Peele. That much shit. It's like so and so gets shot in the arm. Like, yeah, nobody's head got ripped off because that doesn't happen in real life. The Purge 2 is what would actually happen if the Purge fucking happened. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, out of all of the Purge movies, the second one, yeah. I think, is the most realistic. It's a scary movie. Like, I'm like rooting for those complaint. people. I'm like, holy shit, please don't get caught. Please don't get caught. We're going to complain Rambo is too violent. It's the, it's the same thing as one of like the last Rambo where he just took the fifty cal and murdered everybody. Yeah, somebody would do to, that. That's absolutely what. Apparently, gaslighting is the thing. I'm not trying to gaslight horror, but I'm saying horror for me. If you 3D explode somebody's head, that is not scary to me. If you kidnap somebody's grandma and threaten to rape her while a clown is driving a truck with machine guns mm. on top. That is fucking scary to me. Especially, <laughs> especially if you love the person that's the victim. Yeah. Right. Like, the the oh victim, God, that one do anything crazy. and I'm gonna care, you know. But but that's, I mean look at us. Look how lucky we are. Guillermo, Jordan Peele, people like Adam Robitel, all these people who are like, fuck you. I'm I like horror. I'm making a horror movie on purpose, not because I have to. I love this shit. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in a newer one I really love, As Above, So Below. I love that movie. I love that one. It's just really a, a lot of people talk it's shit about that movie. It's, it's Dante's Inferno, but I don't okay. care. I love the way that it was presented and I like it, it was a lot. Pretty. It's a pretty and all of yeah. Mike Flanagan stuff. Mike Flanagan stuff with with, yeah. with even, you know, he, he loves horror. You know, I was lucky to go see um Gerald's game at his house. Oh shit. Like, Gerald's game fucked me up too. Oh that's god. Awesome. That shit. I mean, he's one of us. He's one of us. I was sitting yeah. there and his wife is there who's in a lot of his stuff. You and they saw have it, a newborn, right? I did. newborn yeah. kid in the next newborn kid in the next room so we can scream or make too much noise. Yeah, what I mean, can happen? These people are so much like us, it's incredible. And, and, and Andre Overdahl. I don't know if you guys know Andre, but but he's um he did uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. And these guys are accessible to us. If you go on my Facebook page or go on Facebook and just send Andre a note, he'll he'll talk to you. He cares about what we think. He cares about what we think about what he's doing. He cares about what we're doing. And it's funny that our community is like that. Nick right. Harris, there's a lot of people online that that will respond if you if you just reach out to them because they're proud to be part of the community of horror people. So it's, it's a, it's a, we're in a good world right now for our people. It's really, yeah. really great. And, and we found that, like, I mean, with the wedding, with Sid willing to just, to do it for us. I mean, he didn't know us, you know mm-hmm. I mean? You know, and it was like, man, Monster was like, Sid's ordained, you want, you want us to see if he'll do it? And he was excited. Like, he was so excited to do it. I mean. And we're like, well, yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, yeah, guys- maybe we want to do it, you know? You know, all those guys are looking for purpose and meaning, and, and they love the stuff as much as we do. And I mean, Sid Sid was really excited to to do something that would have a profound and lasting imprint on people. You know, on fa- he loves the fans so much. I miss him. I'm gonna get all choked. I up do too. He was, I know. Else. he was he was one of a kind for sure. I have a challenge for everybody in this room. Oh, what's that? I love the challenge. The next time we get together. We must all have a haunted object that we've either fabricated 
or have a story about. Yes. We have to make up the most terrifying story. We will create our own mythology. Oh, fuck yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we because I'm the worst, and apparently I'm in charge of booking for Drunk Fairy, and they put that on our thing. Um, so within the next four months, what month is it? Who knows? <laughs> it's March. Who am I? I have no idea. It's March. By <laughs> August 1st. We will Challenge follow. accepted. By August 1st, absolutely challenge accepted. And by August 1st, we will have something. So we will get with you in July. Yes, about Perfect. that. Maybe earlier if we can find the Maybe earlier. <laughs> Just to have written record because we're trying You know, to tomorrow morning when I get up, after I wash my guts out and have some coffee, I will start on my haunted object. Oh, man. I can't wait. So, and they didn't have anything, so we're, yeah, good. we're good. And so we still haven't changed your mind. You're still a skeptic, but come August. I'm a more willing skeptic. All right. I want it. I want it bad. He's skeptic. He's skeptic. I'm skeptic adjacent. <laughs> We're going to make you a true believer with our next one because I'm going to come up with some bullshit. You say. <laughs> and we might even be able to work this into our, for whatever reason, I'll have a whole roll of raffle tickets. <laughs> We've been trying to figure out how to use these raffle tickets. I love this. Right. Like. The, I bought too much saran wrap. Can we figure out a way to get rid of that? We probably can. But like where I work is shutting down. So they're just giving everything away. And they were like, here's a roll of raffle tickets. And nobody wanted them. And I was like, I can fucking use those. <laughs> like, we're going to do some content. If you want to give away prizes, I'll give like you some. A, I mean, I'm talking about a whole fucking roll. That shit is like this big. It's like a whole roll of raffle but Y'all, you know you have to watch my TikToks. <laughs> That's going to be part of the We're going to do it. But okay, so we have not swayed Jomo, but we will in the coming months. A wee bit. A wee bit. We thank you so much for coming. Um, If you want to go ahead and shout yourself out again, tell people where yes. to find you, what to do with you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, come, come visit me. on. I'm on all social media. I'm, I'm Joe Mo at Facebook. If you want to go to my website, it's gojomo.com. Um, I'm an old fogey, but I've started watching TikTok, but only seven hours a day. Watch my TikToks. I would love seven to know hours a day. That's that's <laughs> rookie numbers. Any of, you, yeah. the number Any of you young fans that want to start writing or want to start contributing to the genre as well as being a passenger and a great audience member, contact me. I'd be happy to support you and get you started. I publish a, a number of anthologies. I call them fanthologies per year, where we publish uh, you know short stories. So um, this will be a kickstart. Get you started as the, the, the new Stephen King or whatever. We already have an idea. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Um, I stand behind Joe Mo. He is awesome. Yes, he is. He will absolutely. He supports everybody. He's amazing. Our I love favorite, you guys. Thank you. favorite Thank you so horror person ever. This is the best. We can't wait. That we will absolutely have you back. We're doing this. The, I, I'm going to make up some shit or dig up Eat something in the backyard. We're going to take care out with a shovel. They don't love to dig. And I used to have a metal detector. I might buy a new one with my with my stimmy. I'm going to spend my fucking buying stimmy on a fucking <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm we love you. Thank you so much for love coming. You.